Thank you, Lord. Just know that you're loved. Amen. That you are prayed for. Pastor Michelle and I came up last night and we spent a good hour in here just praying in the Holy Ghost, praying over today, praying over you. Well, Pastor, why do you keep saying that? Do you need credit because you, everybody knows you come up here and pray? Absolutely not. I want you to know that Michelle and I are committed to what we're doing. I want you to know that this is just not a job, that this is just not something that we do for money. Trust me, no one goes into ministry for the money. And if you do, you're not in it long. Amen. You're either in jail or you quit. No one ever decided, you know, I want to get rich. Oh, let's start a church. No, no one has ever, 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 ever said that. Now, we are blessed because we're being faithful and being blessed because we're doing what God's called us to do. But I just want you to know that Michelle and I are committed to this and that we're going to be here until the day that Jesus returns. And uh, then we'll all have a big party up in the sky. But we just want you to know that we do pray for you, that we're believing God for you, that we know that there are all kinds of situations uh, that are in this room that people are going through. Some, just if you knew who was sitting next to you and what they were going through, um, all of a sudden your life would seem that much better because you're not going through that. But just know in the midst of all this that you're not alone. Amen? You're not alone. And uh, that was so nice even to minister yesterday as the people were coming through for food. And, and you could tell some of them were in just in, in horrible situations. But to be able to tell them, you're not alone. Amen. God's with you. He's for you. He's a good God. Uh, he's been good to you and he's been good to us. Um, I was listening to some teaching the other day. And um, it was actually Pastor George Pearsons, who was Michelle and I's pastor at Eagle Mountain Church before we came here almost 25 years ago. And uh, he was talking at a minister's conference, and he was talking about him and his wife when they took over Eagle Mountain Church and how every night they were, there was just always something going on in the church. Somebody was leaving or somebody was upset or there was a fire that always had to be put out. And so there was always just that was the conversation between Pastor George and his wife was the church. Well, who's here? And, and they're leaving in the budget and the finances and all those types of things. And man, that's just hitting me left and right, because that's a big part of what Michelle and I do. We're, we're trying to learn how to do this. And Pastor George made this comment, and this is even a year ago, but he said, we were adolescent in ministry, and it hit me like a lightning bolt. Michelle and I are still adolescent in ministry. Isn't that good? Aren't you glad that you don't have two people that think that they've arrived? Aren't you glad you don't have two people that think they know everything and that we can solve every one of your problems and fix everything? And what I, I felt like the Lord, I've got like three things going off inside of me this morning. We won't be here that long. You'll be okay. Your cake is getting cut as we speak. But we got to grow up in some things. And in order for this church to be, and look at me, I, I do not have vision for this to be the revival center of Houston. I don't have a vision for this to be some worldwide ministry, you know, with, with all of that goes along with that. My vision, my goal for West Houston Christian Center is that this is a healthy, growing body with a, with a, with a capital on healthy. I would rather have a group of 120 people that know how to believe God than have a church of 5,000 who don't know nothing from nothing, who just come to check a box, to say they've come to church, 
to go on and say, hey, I've done what I'm supposed to do. I've been a good person. What's important to Michelle and I is that we turn this body, and not that it wasn't, but there's definitely a shift. Have you noticed that there's a shift? That shift is, is going from a come-ye church to a go-ye church. The shift is, is that we're just going to get out and just start doing what Jesus called us to do, and that's the Great Commission. And we're going to go on outreaches, and we're going to go on missions trips, and we're going to bring in people to teach you how you can effectively share your faith one-on-one with somebody else. Has anybody in the room ever led anybody to the Lord? It is the most wonderful, powerful thing. It is one of the most addictive things that you can ever do. Because when you take somebody and you tell them who Jesus Christ is and explain the life-changing power that he has and you share that with somebody else and they receive it, it's, it's, it's more addictive than any drug. And that's what we need to be looking for are opportunities to have these go moments. Does anybody have a go moment for this week? Did anybody have an opportunity to share your faith? I'm not letting that go. We need to be looking for opportunities every week to share our faith. Amen? And when you have that, I'll have Jonathan down front with a camera. We'll record it, and we'll make a, a, a montage of all of these go moments. That's, it'll, it'll help feed our faith. We need to be looking for opportunities to tell people how good God is and what He's done for me. Amen? So look for those opportunities. But... If Michelle and I, in order for us to grow and be not be adolescent in ministry, we all have to grow up. Amen? We all have to grow up. I think sometimes in our types of churches, we measure spiritual growth using the wrong parameters. We think that maybe because somebody worships real expressively, oh, they must be a mature Christian. Or because they really operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Oh, oh, they, they just must be a, that's really a mature. Oh, do you see what they do during worship? Do you see how, oh, do you see how they do that? Wow, they must really know God. Listen to me. There is no physical thing that we can do to ever prove that we're a mature believer. Do you know what one of the biggest ways that you can find a mature believer or someone that has grown up, do you know what the number one trait is in them? Humility. Teachability. If, we get, if you ever get around somebody and they believe that they know it all or they have exhausted any type of a revelation, run. That's how cults get started. We might all have a lot of revelation in different areas, but trust me, we, we, you can't scratch the surface on John 3.16. We haven't even begun to crack John 3.16, for God so loved the world. But we all know it. But just because we know it doesn't mean that we have revelation of it. And when we have revelation of God's Word, that's where change, that's where growth takes place. So, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Hopefully this will be a series. I'm hoping it will be a series. Let's look at the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Okay, it's really in here. I know it is. Ephesians, did somebody 
change my... The same person that crawled in my closet and shrinked this jacket is the same person that moved Ephesians. Man, is that in the New Testament? I have a preaching Bible and I have a study Bible and they do not look alike. There you go. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 14. Actually, let's back up and go to verse um, let's go to 11. And it says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness in Christ. Verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning of craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may, say it, grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So the most important thing that we need to know is that it is important for us to grow up. You know, uh, Jeff can attest to this. Jeff and I have been in the same club. How long have we been at the MAC? 32 years that Jeff and I. Jeff looks substantially better than I do after 32 years. But 32 years, and I, and he, I think that he would agree with this, that there are people that have come to that gym for 32 years and look exactly the same. They've never changed. Only because they go, they get dressed, they go upstairs, it's a fellowship for them. They talk, they lean on a machine, they do one set, then they go downstairs, they get into the sauna, they take a hot shower, they get dressed, and they go home, and they go, wow, I have crushed it every day. But there was, what, what do you have to do at the gym in order to actually get something out of it? You actually have to use the equipment. And what's the metrics that we use to measure whether you're lifting weights or not? There should be muscle, right? There should be something to show. You can tell me all day that you go to the gym, but if you look the same after 30 years, then I would say, yes, you go to the gym, but you don't use the gym. There are no on or off buttons on any of the equipment that I use. You have to use the equipment. And it's the same when it comes to the things of God. There should be some level of growth that we're experiencing on a regular level. There should be, we should be growing in the things of God on a regular level. We should be growing. There should be some growth. You should be stronger in your faith today than you were a year ago. You should be stronger. You should be able to be believing God for more. You should have more of a testimony now than you did a year ago. There should be something to show that you are growing just, and I love that you come to church, but there's so much more to this than just coming to church. We are not going to become that healthy, growing church by just coming to church. It's by being the church. 
It's by taking our faith and getting outside of these walls and telling people the goodness of God and being discipled. We have to make disciples of people. And God gave us the five-fold ministry. Amen? Now, the, the word there, it says, for the perfecting of the faith. That word perfecting, or actually, let me just give you a little synopsis of what that means, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro. It's a process in maturity, stability, and integrity taking place in every individual member's life. Let me say that again. For us to be growing up, it's a progress in maturity, stability, and integrity taking place in every individual member's life, and it results in the whole body's growth, numerical expansion and edifying and internal strengthening. When we all grow, when we get our foundation, when we get set, when we begin to grow as a body individually first, but then as a body, there's a foundation big enough there now for the whole church to grow. See, our church growth is not just in what I or Michelle does. It's in what you do. When we actually become the church and do what we've been called to do, then the church grows. Well, how does it grow? Because we go out and we start sharing our faith. The church, I, do you know how many times or how in in, in, um, what's the word? inundated that I get with these little things about how to grow a church? You know, you want to break that 200 platform, you know, you got to have a constant flow of visitors, a constant flow of visitors. That's not how the church grows. The church grows because you and I, we get out of our comfort zone and we share our faith with other people. Not to come to our church because if we will sow in other people's churches, God will bless us. We went to Peru and there were 27,000 people that were saved. I've got seed of 27,000 people in the ground that are never going to come to this church. But now we've got seed. You see what I'm saying? We don't want to go out with it with the mindset of, I want to grow West Houston Christian Center. No, I want to grow the kingdom. I want to be all about the kingdom. I want to get the kingdom built. I want to get the kingdom growing. Because when the kingdom shows up, there's health, there's life, there's prosperity, there's joy. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And guess where it is? It's inside each and every one of us. You have the kingdom inside of you. We got to share it with somebody. Now, the purpose of that fivefold ministry, listen to me. When it says to a perfect man, it says perfection cannot come to the body of Christ without the example of teaching of the fivefold ministry. To ignore these gifts of Jesus is to despise these gifts. The primary way that God is going to get the word to us is through the five-fold ministry. And that's why we try and bring in a balance of all five. You don't always want to hear all pastors. We always don't always want to hear all prophets. We don't want to hear all apostles. There has to be a balance in what we listen to. I love listening to prophetic voices, but you need a pastor. Well, why do I need a pastor? Okay, well, why, not, why can't we just sit at home and get, read our Bibles ourselves? Why do I need to come here? Why can't I just stay home and read my Bible and let God speak to me? Because we will never, ever correct ourselves. We will always be favorite word people. I will always go to the part of the Bible that blesses me, that makes me feel good. How many times have you sat down or been in church and been corrected by the word? 
That's what checks us out as a mature believer. What do you do when the word says forgive and you decide not to? When we're at home and we read those verses, we just go right past it. That's why you need a pastor. You need somebody that's willing to tell you the nuts and bolts of how to live an everyday life as a believer. That's my job. But you need to have a prophetic voice, someone that's pointing, someone that's telling you what God is saying on a greater level, what he's saying, what's coming, those types of things. I love that type of teaching. I love the apostle. The apostle is the one that's going and starting things. They're believing God for works in other nations. They're kind of the modern-day missionary is the apostle. We need the evangelist. You need somebody that's getting outside of the five walls and, and flowing in the gifts and in the miracles and in the healings. But you know what? We can have that here too. I'm believing God for miracles. I'm believing God for a move of the Spirit where the gifts of the Spirit in operation and not just tongues and interpretation, which are great, but I want healing. I want faith. I want miracles. And those are, they're, they're, they're listed right there with the nine. We can have those too. But we got to believe God. We got to grow up. Look at your neighbor and say, grow up. But we got to grow up. We have got to come to church with more at stake than just what we're going to get today. Amen? There's got to be more to this than just coming to church. There has to be a change. There has to be some growth. One of the main reasons why the Bible says is that we need to grow up is so that we will not be deceived. If you're not studying the word for yourself, you are going to be deceived. I can think of... Um, when we say being deceived, I, I will just say that anybody that takes any doctrine to an extreme, there's an opportunity there to be deceived. We had a group here 15 years ago, and this, this thing about extreme grace came out. And it was all grace, and you don't have to do anything. God's done everything for you, and I don't have to produce any fruit, and I don't have to do anything, and Jesus has already done it for me. And then all of a sudden, faith became such a work. Well, guess what? A bunch of people got deceived and left because of the extreme grace message. On the other hand, there's been groups that have left over the extreme judgment message. Everything is judgment. No matter what happens, we're in judgment. Judge, judge, judge. God's done with America. Judge, judge, judge. Those are extreme. We have got to have balance. And a mature believer can discern between extreme doctrine and the balance. Listen to me. You should, there should be peace in your life. If a doctrine is not giving you peace, then I think you should examine that. If there's a doctrine and it's always making you have to check yourself... Am I being extreme enough in this doctrine? Then I think you have, to, you have to check that doctrine. I'm going to ask Michelle to come and share something real quick. The Lord gave her, was it a vision or just a word? It was an audible voice. Would you come share that real quick? Testing, testing. There you go. It was on September 28th. I was sort of having a dream. And God was speaking to me. But then when I woke up, he spoke the same word that he spoke in the dream again. And he spoke it really loudly. So I it was maybe one out of five times I've ever heard an audible voice, and he said, consider the middle of the line. A couple of times I've said to him, consider the center of the line, but he said, consider the line in the middle. Consider the middle of the line. Consider the line in the middle. And so I've been asking the Lord, well, what does that mean? 
And so as I just sought him, that day particularly, the scripture we read in Isaiah 57 says this, the righteous perishes and no one or no man takes it to heart. Merciful men are taken away while no one considers that the righteous is taken away from evil. He shall enter into peace. They shall rest in their beds, each one walking in his uprightness. So people are perishing who know the Lord, who walk righteously with the Lord, you know, at their appointed time after a long life. But people don't even care. They don't even realize that they've lived righteously. They don't even realize that they've left the earth. He was saying to me, consider, view attentively, sit close by, fix your mind on, study, meditate on the middle. The middle is equally distant from the extremes. It's a middle point, but it's also the course that's the most safe. And the line, he said, in scripture, the line signifies a cord for measuring, but also instruction and doctrine. It's a covering and it's to strengthen. So he said, consider, view attentively, excuse me, consider, view attentively, sit by or close to, fix your mind on with a view to a careful examination, to think on with care, to ponder, to study, to meditate on, to have regard for and to respect the middle, the equally distant from the extremes the middle path or the course that is most safe, the line, the cord for measuring, the instruction, the doctrine, or the strength or the cover, which is the word. We're supposed to hold the line. We're not supposed to cross the line, but we have to consider the middle of the line, that place that is safe, that place where we're not extremely judgmental and we're not extremely merciful because God is merciful and judge, our judge. Mercy always triumphs over judgment, but judgment is coming. And he was saying, consider the line in the middle. Consider the people that you could reach that are on the extremes by staying in the middle. That doesn't mean you don't live diligently and on fire and full for God. You do. Be extreme about God. But don't be extreme about that he's all this or all that. Because it's dividing the body of Christ And it's taking people a little bit further away from God instead of closer to God. So just consider the line in the middle. In addition, just in closing, um, the scripture that we read today, or it might have been yesterday, says this. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will come, excuse me, that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed and the son of perdition. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace comfort your heart and establish you in every good word and work. So again, God wants us to hold the line, but not be extreme. And he's saying that what I just described is coming when we hopefully won't be here if you believe in the rapture, the son of perdition. But he first, or excuse me, we will first see that deception he's talking about. And we are beginning to see that deception even now. It's everywhere. So don't be deceived. Certain things are going to happen first. We can read about those. We can understand where we are in the time frame. 
but don't be deceived into believing something that's not truth. Love the truth. Amen. Love the word and don't get off in extremes from the word of God. Stay in the middle. Consider Amen. the line in the middle. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So we kind of have these two paradigms. You know, Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me, right? He said, in order for you to inherit the kingdom of God, you have to be like one of these children. But then Paul and Jesus also say, don't be childlike. So what's the difference? Listen, we are supposed to come to God with innocence. We're supposed to come to God um, with like a wonderment. You know, like every day with God should be like Christmas when you were small. Remember when you were a kid and you couldn't wait till it was Christmas? None of you remember that day. None of you remember that day. You remember that day when like Christmas morning was coming and you couldn't sleep the night before and you knew that the G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip was out there, was waiting for you. Christmas was coming. There was an expectancy. There was a, because, you know, you had faith because you knew what was going to be out there. See, we have to come to God like that on a regular basis. There should be a wonderment about God. There should be, we should be innocent to the things of sin like a child. We should be naive to the things of the world. We should keep ourselves like a child, but we should not be childlike in our thinking. We should not be childlike in our innocence. See, it's easy to deceive a child. That's why magic tricks work on children, but not on adults. Because that child believes you. They believe that there's magic. Does anybody, I mean, I'm dating myself, but did you ever watch the wonderful world, wide world of sports when you were a kid? Do you remember the Harlem Globetrotters that would come on? Do you remember when you were kids, you would watch the Harlem Globetrotters and you were like, this is the most magical thing I have ever seen in my life. This is the most, I cannot believe that these men are able to do this thing with that ball. That's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Well, flash forward 30 years and go see them live and in person, and you're going, eh, not so much anymore. You know, like the wonderment of it was gone, because now I'm 30 years older, and I'm going, yeah, this isn't as cool as I remember it being. It's like watching Tarzan when you're an adult that you used to watch as a kid, and you go, oh, that was bad. Oh, that was really bad. <laughs> the acting, the special effects, the whole thing, it was horrible. But when you were a kid, <laughs> clutch cargo, man, that's every morning. It was just the funniest. It was the best thing. See, we have to come to God with an innocence. We have to come, we have to come believing. We need to be childlike, but we don't want to be childlike in our care. We don't want to stay stunted in our spiritual growth and stay a child. The most dangerous person on the face of the earth is a carnal Christian. That is a Christian that got born again but never did anything to renew their minds or to grow into the things of God. Because it's that type of a Christian that will make this statement. Well, my thoughts on that are evolving. Our thoughts on doctrine don't evolve. What God says about sin doesn't evolve. What God says about marriage doesn't evolve. What God says about abortion, it doesn't evolve. These are settled truths, but only a child would think that they were subject to change. We have to be mature enough, mature enough as a believer. We have to grow up and we have to put aside our own emotions because another thing about a child is they're highly emotional. They think that the more that they scream, <laughs> did I tell you this when we were at Benny Hanna's and the little girl 
wanted the drink that the other girl was getting. And I was watching this thing take place. You know, Benihana's, you're all at the table, but you can see the people that are sitting across from you. And so there was a mom that came in with like nine little girls for like 10 to 11, 12 years old. But there was one little girl, and you could tell this was the little sister. Olivia, you would never do this. Well, one of the big girls got this certain drink. Well, this little girl, who ate with her hands, but that's another story for another time, she, all of a sudden, she wanted one of those drinks. And so she started asking her mom, Mom, I want one of those drinks. No, 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 honey, it's okay, we're gonna get one. Mom, I want a drink. And finally, Mom, I want the drink, I'm asking nice. Please, please give me the drink, Mom, please. Well, guess what? She got the drink, and we were all glad in Benihana's that she got it. Now, she didn't drink it, but she wanted it. Children are highly emotional. Just because you are the loudest or most emotional about what you believe doesn't mean that you're right. And we are living in a society right now where it's not the voice of truth that's the loudest, it's the loudest voice that's the truth. We are the most confused people on the face of the earth. We don't know what a boy and a girl is anymore. But if I'm loud about it, then I'm right. We can't be deceived, tossed to and fro. This is why you have to go into the word for yourself. As I was preparing to come out today, I was going to share a couple of verses because I had heard a famous pastor share these couple of verses and make a statement, and it really resonated with me. And he said, you know, these two words, when you look them up, they mean the same thing. And I was going to share it with you this morning, but I thought, you know what? Let me look those two words up for myself. And you know what? They didn't mean the same thing. See, I have to grow up too. I just can't take what somebody above me says at face value. I have to go into the Word for myself, and I, because I don't want to come out and continue preaching false doctrine or error. Poor teaching leads to poor thinking. There's no other way around it. That's why we have to, like what Michelle said, we have to stay in the middle. You know where the truth is? It's in the middle. We have to know the truth about what God's Word says about every situation that I'm dealing with. Now, there is going to come a time where we also have to stand for what we're believing for. That's where suffering comes in. Does anybody have to wait? You ever been excited to be patient? Is anybody believe in God for anything? Have you been waiting for a long time? Have you been developing patience in the middle of it? That's the growth. A child is not patient. A child is impatient. They want what they want when they want it. And they want it now. As a mature believer that is growing up, as a go-ye believer, I have to be patient. And just know while I am being patient that I am resisting the enemy. And in that resisting, I am growing spiritual muscle, which is going to profit me the next time I have to believe God. Because listen to me, and I'll end with this. It's not about what you're believing for. It's the experience that you're gaining in the midst of what you're believing for. That's the valuable thing. Everything you're believing for is going to go away one day. If you're believing for a car, it's going to rust and go. If it's for a house, it's eventually everything that you're believing for in the natural 
is a temporary thing, but it's not about what you're believing for. It is what is the experience you gained in the midst of it. What did you learn? What can you share with me now about how you believe God for a house? Because that's the important thing. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Well, I'm going to stop so we can go have cake. Thank you, Jesus. He's good, isn't he? Let's stand to our feet. We're going to go be childlike and have cake. Thank you, Lord. Well, we don't ever like to uh, end a service without giving you an opportunity. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, and uh, you're not joining a church, you're not joining a cult, you're not joining uh, anything other than you are beginning a personal relationship with you and Jesus Christ. Jesus wants to live inside your heart. But he's such a gentleman that he won't do that unless you ask him or invite him in. So that's why he left it up to us. He loved you so much. Get this. God loved you so much, he gave you the ability to hate him. Because he does not want to interfere with your free will. But I just want you to know that we serve a God that loves you, that's for you, that all the promises of God are yes and amen that we are blessed to be a blessing, that yes, he wants you healthy, he wants you wealthy, and he wants you wise. Because you can do more in that capacity than you can poor, sick, and broke. That's why we need to prosper. So that we can all go to Thailand in June. Can I just ask you this? If money was no object, how many of you would go to Thailand with me in June? We're going to find out when we get to heaven that both time and money are what the Bible calls beggarly elements. They're the least elements in the earth, but they're the two things that rule our lives, time and money. Don't give up in believing if you really want to go. Don't let money stop you from doing something that God has called you to do. Amen? Thank you, Lord. If you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, just pray that prayer with me this morning. We're all going to do it together. Just say, Dear Jesus, I want to know you. Come into my heart, be my Lord, and be my Savior. Forgive me for all of my sins. Heal me of all my diseases. Deliver me from all addictions. Give me a hunger for your word. Guide me to a good church. I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. But most importantly, be my best friend. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. It's a great life, man. It's a great life. It's a great life. What I want to do is give you a little bit of instruction. If you do have any children back there, uh, pick your kids up and then bring them into the fellowship. The cake should already be cut. Um, There'll be some baskets there. If you want to be a blessing to Pastor Mary Jean, uh, the more that you bless her with, the more I get in my inheritance down the road. So... (laughs) I have a little bit of a vested interest in this. So let's give big... No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Be a blessing to Pastor Mary Jean. Uh, Just know that you are loved. And I will be doing a Bible study on a Friday night, I believe November the 10th. And on a Friday night, we're going to be doing end times. And uh, I'm going to go through what I believe God is saying. You can't do it all, but I'll be talking a lot about the rapture and uh, the second coming and those types of things. So we'll give you some more information on that. I, I, I'm probably just going to do it in the fellowship hall, Mom, just so that we can have some Bibles and notebooks and stuff. 
Okay, well, we'll talk about it. We've got some time. How many of you would be interested in something like that? Super. Thank you, Lord. Well, be blessed. Know that Jesus is Lord, and we'll see you next week. You're dismissed. Go get some.